Uh, where do I even start? Um, I, I heard Mel preached up a storm last week, so I want to try to continue with that thought if I can. Um, I had a good time over at Voice of Grace in, in Ballarat. They're just a, a lovely church with a lovely heart. Uh, they really love to rest in the presence of God and some of the things that I want to talk about today, I think that's what I want to try to capture, that God has some stuff for us. You know, a month ago I talked about Aaron's rod and the fact that it, it budded and it fulfilled its lifelong dream after spending one night in the presence of God. And then Mel's cold, she's turned on the heater. Look at that. Lots of people are cold. Lots of people are cold. Ross is coming up to turn off the heater. No. <laughs> uh, then last week, I, I actually think that Mel spoke prophetically into our house and into our lives, even though I wasn't here. Because she was, thanks Ross, because she was talking about the fact that Father wants us to dream again. He wants to rekindle dreams again in our lives. And so when you start speaking that stuff out, we've got to listen because it's, it's, it's actually God speaking into our hearts. At the same time, there's also an enemy that wants to rob us of those dreams. And so this is where I come to today because to fulfill a dream like, the, like Aaron's rod, to allow God to speak to us again and to fan into flame the dreams that he's put within us, we, we actually need two things. One, we need his presence. It doesn't happen outside of that. But two, we need courage. We need to be courageous people. Yeah? And courage and faith, they seem the same, but they're a, a little bit different because you need courage sometimes to step out in faith. And you can't have faith unless you've got courage. Yeah? So let's pray and see what God does. Father, I thank you for the opportunity of sharing this morning. And Lord, I just pray that you would truly have your way in our hearts amongst us. Lord, that you continue to shape us. Lord, I love what you're doing in this place. Lord, I truly love what you're doing in this place. And Lord, we just give you the reins and say, look, keep doing it. Keep going. Lord, this is your house. We're your people. You've placed your spirit inside of us. So have your way with us, in us, and through us, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is where I want to go. We need courage. Because without it, fear can be really crippling. <laughs> it can be a, a crippling emotion. Fear stops us from doing stuff. Fear stops us from walking into our destinies. You know? Fear stops us from excelling, doing the impossible. It just stops us. And as believers of Jesus, we need to be mindful, not focused on. Yeah? I, I get really frustrated with people that get focused on the enemy. You, know, you just want to slap them. They are like, hey, we've got, we got a God that loves us, but all they want to talk about is Jezebel and, I don't know, a thousand other spirits. That I, I've got no idea. I remember praying once for someone, and they were having a moment. God, God was doing a work, and you know, it was one of those freaky times where they're, like, you know, they're doing their stuff on the floor, and someone came up and said, I know what spirit that is. Do you want me to tell you? No. Like, I'm praying. <laughs> no. No, I can tell you what that spirit is. Right now, I can tell you. Do you want me to tell you? I go, no. They go, why not? Because I know who my Jesus is. Yeah. yeah? We just got to keep the focus on the right thing. But we need to be mindful that we do have an enemy that wants to rob us of the dreams that God plants in our hearts. Yeah? So as believers, let's not let fear control us. And I love the fact that Ross brought up 
in his magnificent talk, you're certainly going to get another Guernsey. Absolutely. Um, because you had people laughing. You nailed it, mate. We had a time of giving. People were laughing, thinking, oh, Ross is so good. Can't believe he's saying what he's saying. I mean, I think three times on the next Ross to Mel for sure. Anyway, <laughs> one of the things that Ross said was that sense of, you know, can't you see it? I'm doing a new thing. One of the, the, the sense that Mel and I had at the beginning of the year was around a, a, a few words. And one of those was that God was doing a fresh thing this year. And as it is in heaven thing this year, that things would be supernatural. And I think if we're going to really live in that space, that God's going to do a fresh thing, not just in this building, in this place, in this church, but in, in our hearts, yeah, we need to have courage. We totally need to have courage. So Joshua was a man of courage, was he not? So we're going to have a look at Joshua. We're going to learn from him this morning because he is a gun. Joshua 1, verses 1 to 9, we're going to read. And after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Thanks for reminding me. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to only obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. There's one that you should highlight just for yourself in the Bible. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Like God's now commanding it. Like it's, he's being forceful, you know. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, I, I, I love that passage of scripture because I personally believe that the promise that's given to Joshua in that day is also true for us today. Yeah. And I think as a people, we need to realise, though we live in the new dispensation, in the New Testament, we live in the after the cross, this side of the cross. We believe in Jesus. There are promises, there are things in the Old Testament that God speaks over his people yeah, that are actually for us as well, that we can learn from. Because God's the same yesterday, today and forever, is he not? Yeah, he certainly hasn't changed. So three times in those nine verses of Joshua, he's called to be courageous. You and I, we are called to be courageous people. Christians should be the most courageous people that you meet, yeah? And in amongst the promise, God gives him this promise. It's like giving a gift. And he goes, but here's the promise. And then he says three times, be courageous. Here's the promise, take it, but be courageous. Here's the promise, take it, take it, take it. It's all yours, I'm going to be with you, but be courageous. You know, there are dreams that God's placed in our hearts. He's saying, take it, walk into it, grab it, live it, but be courageous. Be courageous, be courageous. You know, why did Joshua need to have courage? 
this one's easy because he's got a people that he has to lead that he's watched totally rebel against Moses. Yeah, like, like, can you use the brat in 20, like a brat in 2021, a child that won't listen, you know, one that you just, I keep thinking backhanded. I don't know why, I'm not like that. But like, it's a people that won't listen. He's seen them rebel against Moses and now God says, they're the people that I want you to lead. Man, if I was Joshua, I would have been, I don't want to lead them. Can you, God, what, listen, let's talk about it. Can I just have the good ones? Just the ones that will listen. I don't mind a little bit of murmuring, but that tribe and that tribe, better that we just leave them behind for the enemy. You know, right? I think that's, if I was Joshua, that's, that's what I would be doing. So I reckon he needs courage because he knows that he's got to lead this rebellious people. But not only are they rebellious and he has to take them into the promised land, some of that scripture says there's going to be Hittites here and this tight, that tight, every other tight. Yeah, and they're actually, if you know anything about some of these people, they are skilled warriors. The Israelites were not skilled fighters. Like, they're just not. There wasn't a, a, a superhero amongst them. So he's got to lead a rebellious people against... And really all they are is like they're, they're desert wanderers, you know? And he's got to lead them into a battle to take a land that's been promised against skilled fighters. Oh, I'd be scared too. Yeah? Be courageous. He needed courage. Be courageous. The truth is that some of the promises, the dreams that God has placed in our hearts you and I are unequipped for. Like, we're just not. I don't think Joshua was equipped for it. Could be business. It could be parenting for the first time. Yeah, how fun's parenting for the first time, Chris? Learning on the go, yeah? It's like, no one told me this was going to happen. Who knew that could leak out of that? <laughs> like, I, I'm an engineer. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah? Look, whatever it is, even schooling, relationships. Relationships are easy when you meet the person that you're going to, that you fall in love with. They love you, you love them. It's like, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden you get married and you live together. Oh, I didn't know she was like that. Why is this? A, God, you didn't tell me that. I'm not equipped to deal with that. Yeah, like seriously, some of you are thinking, oh, you're in so much trouble. Oh, I so am. Yeah, but there, is, there are just things that we are not designed for initially, but they're a dream that God gives you. And he says, here, take it, take it, take it. But be courageous. Yeah. Have courage. Yeah. You know, as we step into what God's calling us, as you step into the dream that God wants to, to, to bring to life in you, yeah, you, it, some of those dreams are so overwhelming. Starting a new business would be overwhelming. Stepping into a relationship when you've got a broken past is already overwhelming. Yeah? Being a parent when you don't have wonderful examples behind you is overwhelming. I know we don't talk about some of that stuff because we just got it together. It's easy. But we can feel completely, I think, and utterly inadequate for what God has given us the dreams that he's placed inside us. Because God's dreams are bigger than we can imagine. So if you've got a dream and you think this is easy, I'm going to actually gonna push against that and say, I don't know if it's from God. Because God gives you and answers stuff that it's bigger outside of your imagination and your thoughts and your thinking. 
so overwhelming that you actually need faith. So you need courage to step out in faith. But then you need the, the, the faith to have the courage to step out. Can, have you got something smaller for me, God? Can we start a bit smaller? That would be, that would be cool. They're overwhelming, so we need courage. Here's a definition of courage. Courage is a quality of mind and spirit that enables us to meet danger. I love this because I can almost feel my chest popping out and strapping. You know, it enables us to meet danger, opposition, or the challenges of life with fearlessness, calmness, and firmness. That's courage. So that means someone who has courage can and may still be afraid of what they face. But they're going to face it anyway. They're going to meet the danger and the opposition, all the challenges of life, because they're going to do that in and through the power of God that gives them confidence and courage. And three times God says to Joshua, be courageous, be courageous, have courage. I have no idea why he said it three times. You know, maybe there's something in the number, the three, the Trinity. I, I, I don't know. May, maybe he said it three times because he knew Joshua would be like most of us, or at least like me, that the first time, I'm not going to get it. You know, Mel speaks to me and she goes, did you hear me? Yeah. It's just that you haven't responded. You're not doing anything. I, I don't get it. You know, <laughs> I just don't get it. I'm really sorry, you know. So she repeats it. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm missing something here. I don't get what you're saying. Maybe that's why God spoke to Joshua three times because he knew he wasn't going to get it the first time. Maybe he just knew he had to be reassured. Be courageous, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. What I find really interesting is God has to tell Joshua that Moses is dead. Yeah, It's as if he didn't know. Joshua knew, the people knew, the Israelites were already listening to Joshua because the scripture says that Moses had laid hands on him and yet God feels the need to tell him, hey, by the way, Moses is dead. It would be like me visiting my mum and my father passed away in 2003 and she's saying, hey, Andrew, your dad's dead. I'm glad you still got your faculties together, mum. I'm glad you remember that from 18 years ago. You know, like, what's the purpose in God saying to Joshua, Moses, Moses is dead? And, and I have a thought, a, a theory, not so much a theology, but a theory anyway. And here's what I think. I think Moses was a great leader, yeah? And he was a great leader to, to the Israelites. He was a great leader to Joshua. But he was also the glue that held their world together. If they had issues, they went to Moses. If they had a problem, they went to him. If they were unsure, if they were afraid, they went to Moses. He would pray. He would be with them. He was their strong and mighty tower. He was the go-to person. He, he, he was the man, the go-to player. He was their strength. And I think when he's not there... They felt inadequate. I don't know if I can do what he wants me to do, but if Moses said, listen, I'm right behind you, no problem, I can do this. Like teaching, a, a, I guess, a kid to ride a bike. Let, you know, when they're trying to get off their training wheels, don't let go, Dad, don't let go, Dad. And, and let's face it, if you're a parent, male or female, yeah, because yeah, no you can't be a no-binary parent. Did I say that? I, I did, I did, I did to say that. Okay. Anyway, so if you're a parent, you're teaching your child to ride a bike, 
Usually most of us are really sneaky and they go, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go, mum. And we're like, keep going, you're doing really well, I got you, you know, and you're sneaking away. Yeah? Anyone ever done that? And then you see your kids crash and smash and it's like, oh, well, I'll probably let go too early. No, no one's ever done that? Yeah. I think that we can be like that child on the bike feeling inadequate unless we know that mum or dad have got the back of the bike. He's telling us, be courageous, you got this, you can do this. And Moses was everything to Joshua. It was everything to the children of Israel and yet God tells him Moses is dead. So here's he's, he's my thought. Who or what's our Moses that we keep clinging to? You know, what is it that keeps us going? What is it that holds our world together? What is it that if we lost it today, we would be, we would be lost? Yeah, we would feel inadequate. We'd feel like we didn't measure up if we lost that thing today. For some people, it's money, it's jobs, it's careers, education, it's, it's parents. Some parents rely on their kids. It can, it can be a myriad of different things. You, you could be a husband relying on your wife or vice versa. It could be the fact that you know that you're healthy. Whatever it is, sometimes there's a Moses-type figure in our life that has power and control. You know, for the church, for the church in general, sometimes it's their theology. Sometimes it's the traditions. <gasps> they move the communion table, heaven forbid. Oh no, Holy Spirit will never come back. What a load of trash that is. Move the thing. It's 150 years old. It's falling apart, kept together by superglue. Get it, get it out. It doesn't matter. The tradi- You've got to hear me. The tradition doesn't matter. But churches hold on to things like the children of Israel were trying to hold on to Moses. God says Moses is dead. Joshua knew Moses was dead. He was mourning him. God didn't tell Joshua so he would know. God told Joshua so he would let go. So he would let go. So he would let go so that he could move on from his mourning. So he could stop holding on to the way that Moses did it. The way it's always been. That which makes me feel comfortable and safe. God's telling us, I think, Moses is dead. Moses is dead. And I think all of us have some type of Moses in our lives that we need to let go of, yeah, so that we can move into the dreams that God wants to rekindle. God doesn't give me a dream. I, 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 I've never felt any. What are you holding on to? What are you afraid of that God's saying, here's the gift, here's the dream, now be courageous. What is it that you need that I need to let go of? I bet Joshua was hoping that Moses would come back. Like as Christians, come on, if we've got a person in our life or a thing in our life... Our microwave died at home yesterday, right? Well, it, it was already dead when I bought it, but let's not talk about that. So I've got this microwave, and I want it to come back to life, and I'm trying everything. So Mel says, why don't you just pray for it? <laughs> now, the moral of the story is the microwave did not come back to life, but I was hoping it would, and I just think sometimes we do everything that we can to bring back to the life something that we need or we feel that we're connected to because it's worse to live without it. But God says to us, be strong, be courageous, let that thing go. Stop 
praying for it to stay in your life. It's the very thing that's holding you back. Now I've got to buy a new microwave. Anyway, go figure that. Joshua was afraid. He felt incapable without Moses. And if all of us to be, if we're to be totally honest and true and transparent, yeah, I'm not as good as the boss before me. I don't know if I can perform as well as the pastor that was here. I'm stepping into a worship role. That last worship guy was a gun. I, I, I don't think I've got the skills to be a mother as well as my mum mothered. I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, there are things that all of us have thought somewhere in life that are, relate to us. That, that sense of, I don't got this. I don't have this. Yeah, I don't feel capable in this place. But courage comes with trusting. And courage comes not from the absence of fear, but in going forward in spite of the fear, yeah? In my opinion, I think Joshua was one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. Like, I'm talking, what, if not the greatest, he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He came after Moses, and he achieved what Moses, the man of God, did not achieve, yeah? Yeah? But we speak of Moses so highly, don't we? But here's this guy over here who was wishing, I think, be strong and courageous. You got this, Joshua, who actually achieves what Moses didn't. I think as a church, it's our time to have courage. It's our time to be courageous. You know, there are some people that know we're, we're talking to Churches of Christ, which is our movement, our, our, our denomination, and we're talking about building a childcare on our property. Why haven't you told the church about it? Well, one, because I don't want to. No, no, it's not true. But in reality, why haven't I told you? Because I don't have to spend a dollar. And unless I'm spending big money, I don't need, an, I don't need a general meeting. And so as a board, we're thinking, these guys, churches of Christ, they want to build a childcare for us somewhere on our property. We're thinking out there, but the dream gets bigger. And it's going to have maybe 90 to 100 kids. And, 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 and you'll keep the land. It'll still remain part of... Mount Clear, and, and, and you can use the rooms for Kids Church, the brand new rooms, and we'll, we'll pay you a lease, a commercial lease, for the next 25 years. I reckon that's exciting, but it takes courage to do that. I, I've, this gonna, like that. That means the old hall has to go. But Mr. and Mrs. Smith in 1963 gave $2,000 for it. Someone's going to be up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the traditions can hold us back. Moses can hold us back. These guys are talking about childcare, and, and we're talking, a couple of us from the board, and we're saying, and then it would be nice, you know, maybe we can move a wall out that way, and before you're a bit bigger, and we can move a wall out that way, and that would be nice. One of the guys from Churches Across says, yeah, that's not a bad idea. You'll have this beautiful new childcare. And, and look, he goes, actually, if we're going to turn soil, he goes, why don't you dream a little bit? He goes, why don't we turn soil across the board? I go, what do you mean? He goes, why don't you just do a new building? Yeah. Oh, come on, buddy. Take it easy. I've got, out of these guys, there's one that I really like. I like him. He's Italian. We get along well. He drinks short coffee, not, not big milky coffee. So me and Rob get along really well. And I said to Rob, is that what you think? Do you think like him? He goes, no, no. He goes, I didn't say that. He goes, no, I didn't say that. He goes, 
if you want to build a childcare that's new, that's state of the art, we're paying you, you've got money now, passive income, do whatever you like. If you want to keep your building that looks ugly, go ahead. <laughs> didn't he, Rob? That's what he said, didn't he? So look, I'm just sharing all that. We don't know what we're doing. We really don't. We, we're in such baby infant stages. But we need courage. Here's the dream. Be strong. Be courageous. But where does that work? If that's us as a church, where does it work for your lives, for our lives? If this is a year where things are going to be fresh, where we're going to see with God's eyes and how he sees, if we're going to release the supernatural, that was a prayer this morning here, may we see miracles happen in this place. I love the miracles that we see in this place. But Fedigam, it's like one little match out of a packet. There needs to be more. We just need to trust him and step forward. Because for us, there's a tangible presence in this house. And, and there's a sense that we're walking into God's timing. So if that's the house, then I'm going to suggest that's the heart as well. So let's be strong. Let's be courageous. Because if you and I, if we're, going to be, if we're really going to be courageous Christians and have courage, then we need to turn our potential to possess. Because that's the promise. To possess the promised land. We need to turn that potential into power, the actual power to possess. And we can't do that outside of his presence. We can't do that yeah, outside and without courage. God wants us to move forward. I don't want to miss the opportunity. Joshua, still in chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. In challenging Joshua to be courageous, God promises him his presence. I will be with you always. I will be with you always. We have to exercise the power that God has placed in, in us. You know, let's not underestimate our potential because fear is talking so loudly. Yet sometimes we do that. But there's more in each of us because how do you define or confine the spirit of the living God that lives within us? There's more within all of us to step into. And, and God has that for us. Joshua would have felt inadequate. How could he not? He was following Moses. He was just his number two, his aid, yeah? He definitely would have felt like it. he couldn't measure up to Moses. But we all come from the same address. And God's just saying, be strong, be courageous. You know, I, I love the thought that God commanded Joshua to be courageous because he wanted Joshua to live with divine wisdom. He wanted Joshua not to rely on what he could see, but to re rely on what he could see through God's eyes. Can't you see it? Don't you perceive it? I'm doing a new thing. Joshua had to be courageous. You know, if we're going to step out here at Mount Clear, we need to be courageous. You know, if we're going to declare things like we're going to go deeper, we're going to see more miracles, we're going to hunger for the presence of God, if we're going to declare that and scream it out over the stratosphere, then we need to be courageous and go for those things and do those things. If we're going to see and experience the prophetic healings, baptism, salvations, family growth, then we need to be courageous people. I'm believing for our childcare. I've got no idea what the building would look like, as long as it's got a coffee machine <laughs> and the toilet. Maybe two. It would be nice to have toilets that didn't have pink tiles or walls. That would be nice, but... Only because they're not in vogue today, that's all. 
Pink T-shirts are good. I'd rather declare stuff that we're walking into. I would rather look foolish in speaking things out in faith than remaining silent because of fear. Yeah? You know, Joshua faced challenges and obstacles. Moses was dead and he was supposed to know what to do with the children of him, with the children of Israel and God says, be courageous. Doesn't tell him what to do, he just says, have courage. You know, I want to know what to do. Please, can I have the five points? When do I turn left? When do I turn right? Do I start breaking now? When do I step out in faith? When do we spend money? When do we not? Can you give me some? No, just be courageous. Be strong, be courageous. It's not working for me, God. Okay, let's sit down and talk about it, Andrew. Three times, be strong. No, no, God, I want some instruction. Be strong, be courageous. Don't worry, I'll be with you like I was with Joshua and Moses. Wow, he says that to all of us. He says that to all of us. You know, there's, I've got a whole bunch of notes that I'm not going to touch on. I do want to get somewhere, though, because we can develop courage. And some of it is just by meditating on his word. But we carry the presence of God. I want to read this. I've got no time. Joshua 3, 14 to 15. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerathon. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over uh, opposite Jericho. How did Joshua and the Israelites overcome their challenge and their obstacle? The ark carried the presence of God. The ark carried the presence of God. So wherever the ark went, the presence of God went. And as soon as the priests who carried the ark, the presence of God, stepped into their obstacle, the water, the water stopped flowing. Yeah? As soon as you and I carry the presence into every situation we face, that situation must stop flowing in the presence of God. The minute, because we are priests, are we not? That tells us in the New Testament. Yeah. yeah. So we're now a holy priesthood that carry the presence of God. And as soon as we step into our problem, for them it was the water, it has to stop flowing in the presence of God. We have to remind ourselves of this truth that no matter what's before us, God's got it. You know, the, the rod that budded, it was one night in his presence. One night in his presence and all of his dreams were fulfilled. The water backed up all the way to a town called Adam. The town Adam is mentioned nowhere else in Scripture. Nowhere else in Scripture. Adam represents, the, the word, the name Adam represents man or mankind. So I, I, I'm going to ask you to stand as I finish with this. So I, I, if, we can pack, if we can picture this, where did the water stop? The Scripture says it stopped at Adam, right? What did the water represent? The water represented the challenge, the obstacle, the thing that was stopping them get to their dream, to the possession, the thing that God wanted to give them and was saying, here, take it, but be courageous. What happened to the water? It stopped at the town, Adam. So your challenge, the obstacle that, 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 that is in front of you, that is trying to stop you, it actually doesn't stop you. In fact, it stops at you. The priest stepped into the water and the water stopped flowing. Like it just stopped. 
your issue, when you step into the, the things that the enemy wants you to be frightened of, by the time you bring the presence of God to that thing, it stops. It has to stop in the presence of God. Man, that is a, that's awesome. So when we bring his presence into our challenges, into our obstacles, he makes a way. He brings the dreams back to life. He does it. At the place of our unbelief, the supernatural of God happens. Because when we bring God into that thing, it has to listen and obey him. And that thing, the presence of God is, is, inso- is inside you. The presence caused the, rod, caused the rod to bud in one night. Imagine how long it's been sitting inside of you and I. Imagine what's coming to fruition inside of us. Imagine the fruit that's within us that's now maturing. When we have courage and carry the presence into all we do, the obstacles in the way have to move. So church, friends, family, close your eyes for a moment. What's the stuff that's in your way, that's in my way? What are the fears that are stopping you stepping into the dream that God's given you? What are the thoughts that are stopping you stepping into a dream that God had given you years ago? I know it can be overwhelming and I know the enemy's voice is loud. But when we carry the presence, the water, the obstacle, the problem had to stop at Adam. The minute he brought the presence in. This morning, I just think that there are people here that need to step into the presence of God spiritually but physically and physically step into a place where you almost imagine that very thing as water flowing and then as you take a step forward it actually just stops in the presence sam do you mind playing the keys if you uh the the keys now you're a, a pianist as well if you could play the guitar just something in the background like you were that would be lovely so what are you while every eye is still closed, what is your Moses? Now, what does God want you to leave behind? And what is it that he's calling you into? There are world changes in this room. Re- you hear it in churches all the time, and it's, it can be so flippant, but there are world changes in this room. There are dynamic people with dreams that have been placed in their hearts by Father God. Then only you can dream and only you can do, though you feel inadequate. But with his presence, empowered by his presence, the stuff that's preventing you actually needs to go away and stop. While you're focusing on your obstacle, your dream, when Mel and I were invited to come to Mount Clear, yeah, this is years ago now and I've shared it here before, and Mel has a different way of processing things. She just prays and prays and prays till she gets peace. But I had a list of reasons that I wouldn't come to Ballarat, let alone why I wouldn't come to this church. I had a list. I had a list because I had it all together, but really deep down inside I was frightened. But as I rested with God, as I spoke to men and women of God, as we wrestled that thing out together, the very things that were obstacles that were stopping me crossing into the land that God wanted me to possess, as we wrestled with those things in his presence, that, those obstacles, that water just stopped flowing. 
And you can ask my wife, it was like overnight, there was just a path across dry land just to get to where we needed to get. Here. So what is it in your life that needs to stop flowing? If you want prayer this morning, yeah, I'm going to ask you to come forward. You don't have to even share what it is that you, you want moved in your life. But I just think that step like that, as you, the priest stepped into the water, the water stopped flowing. If you need water to stop flowing in your life today, then I'm going to ask you to come forward. And together, let's be strong. Let's be courageous. I don't need to go forward. I've got nothing. I'm good. I've got it under control. Be strong and courageous. I'm not sure if I can actually accomplish Be strong and courageous. I've tried it before. It didn't Be strong and courageous. I'm not sure if I can... Be strong. This morning, be strong and courageous.